Well, I'm continuing to talk to you about the kingdom of God, and uh, this is Sunday number five on this uh, particular series, and I want to take you to our text. I hope you've memorized it by now. If you haven't, this will be a good opportunity. Just say it with us. It'll be on the screen, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Let's say it together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let's say it one more time. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Um, just a, a brief review, and I'll get right into to, uh, what I want to share with you this morning concerning the uh, kingdom of God. Um, we started off by telling you the importance of this particular message, the prominence that it plays in the New Testament. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he started by preaching the kingdom of God. Uh, when John introduced him, John the Baptist introduced him right after his baptism, said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The Bible said that Jesus began to preach the kingdom of God. And throughout the Gospels, you see it over and over and over, message after message of Jesus. In fact, many of his parables are what we call kingdom parables. He was explaining the kingdom by way of parables so his disciples could better understand it. They still had trouble understanding it. And uh, the reason was very simple. They thought that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom while he was here. They thought he was going to th overthrow the Roman Empire, set up his earthly kingdom. That is going to happen, by the way, but that will be, that is still future tense. Jesus will do that in what we call the millennial reign. Right after the tribulation period, Jesus will sit on the throne of David in the city of Jerusalem and will rule this world. And uh, boy, that's going to be good. Listen, don't get discouraged by what goes on in the world right now. You watch your news, and if you do that, you'll get discouraged because it looks like everything's bad. But let me tell you, the best living that's ever been enjoyed on planet Earth since the Garden of Eden is ahead of us, not behind us. Amen? When Jesus rules and reigns, you won't have to worry about whether they're Democrats or Republicans or Communists or Socialists or or what they are. Uh, in fact, all of them going to fold their tent and go home, and Jesus is going to rule and reign, and we'll have a perfect government, and it will be good. It will be good. Praise the Lord. And, and during that time, Satan's going to be bound. We're going to, can you imagine living on this earth without the devil? Glory to God. I want to hear that key when it clicks, the lock, when he's put in the bottomless pit. And uh, I'll be rejoicing over that. Praise the Lord. But as Jesus explained it to his disciples, and he did that for three and a half years, then he was crucified, buried, and he rose again, spent 40 more days before he ascended to heaven, and he taught more about the kingdom of God. That was his message. That was his message. And we need to get that. We need to understand it's so prominent in the New Testament, 280 times in 260 chapters. He talks about the kingdom of God, something about the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. Um, last Sunday, I talked to you about the location of the kingdom, and that's, that's the thing that caused everybody difficulty as far as understanding it. Even the scribes and the elders, the Pharisees and Sadducees, people who knew the first five books of the Bible by heart. They could quote the first five books of the Bible. They knew the law and the prophets, and yet they just couldn't grasp what Jesus was talking about. But he told us in Luke chapter 17, verse 2, that there are not geographic boundaries to my kingdom right now. In fact, he said, my kingdom is within you. And that's why they, boy, they just had trouble grasping that. But the fact is, the kingdom is displayed wherever dominion is exercised. Let me say that again. The kingdom is displayed wherever dominion is exercised. Um, 
so when you and I exercise our dominion, we are, exercise, we are literally demonstrating the kingdom of God right where we are. The kingdom of God is in us. I, I, want, I want this morning, I, I feel, sort of like a parenthetical message in this series, I, I feel like I, I need to kind of slow down a little bit and talk to you about the heart of your heavenly father and, and help us better understand what our position is and why uh, the Lord is giving us the kingdom now. And, and so I'll talk to you about the heart of the Father. I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture this morning, so follow with me as I read. I'm going to begin with Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to read from verses 22 to 34. Watch this on the screen, if you will. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Let me stop right there. We've talked about this before, but I want to emphasize it again. Don't worry about your life. Stop worrying. Stop worrying about what you will eat or about your body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food and body is more than clothing anyway. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more, say much more, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your statue? If that would work, I would worry. <laughs> but it won't work, so why worry? Amen? If you're not able to, to do the least, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more, there's that phrase again, will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have any anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Now, here's a verse I want you to get for this message today. Do not fear little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some people say where your heart is, there will your treasure be. That's not what Jesus said. He said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Put your treasure. And Jesus said, you, you, you need to understand that this world is fleeting. It's passing away. It's going fast. I've, I've preached several funerals late, lately of people that we would consider way too young to die. I did one just the other day for a lady that's 50 years old, 50 years old. That seems so soon to die. But even if you live to be 70, 80, 100 that's not very long. It's just a sliver of eternity. And Jesus said, why don't you just trust God to take care of you in this life? And why don't you lay up your treasures in heaven? Because then you're going to be able to enjoy them forever. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Your, your heart follows your treasure. Um, if you don't believe that, before the service is over this morning, write out a check to the bridge ministry for $10,000 and hand it to Brother Roger after church. I will guarantee you that next Sunday and all the Sundays following, you will be more interested in the bridge ministry than you have been in the past. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But the thing I want you to get is verse 32, so I want to put it up again. Do not fear little flock, 
for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, I, I think this morning we need to we need to try to understand a little bit more about the heart of our Father. Because when you understand the heart of your Father, then you will understand why this kingdom message is so important. It's the desire of your Heavenly Father. You know, the desire of our earthly Father impacts our lives. Did you know that? I'm sure you know it. You, you know it. You, you just, there's just something... There's just something, I, I can't even explain the, the impact that our parents have on our lives for good or bad. And some of you have mixed feelings. I, I, I give you an example, for instance, I think I've probably told you this before, but my, my dad was past 40 when I was born, so he came up in a way earlier generation. And the generation he grew up in, they just didn't say things like, I love you. I mean, that, that you, you just, you know, that just wasn't manly. And, and I never doubted that my dad loved me, but I never heard my dad say it until I was grown and married and had my own family. In fact, I was living on Crawford Avenue the first time my dad ever told me, verbally spoke those words to me and said to me, son, I love you. First time I ever heard it. And, and I can't tell you what that did. Here I am. Here I am. I'm in my 30s when my dad said that, and it still impacted my life. To hear my dad literally say, son, I love you, that, that impacted my life. And, and our parents, what they think and what they feel and what they desire for us, Sometimes a, a parent's desire for their kids is very positive in helping them reach the goals that they need to reach in life, helping them to become the man or the woman that they, they need to be. Sometimes it can be detrimental. Some parents live out their lives vicariously through their kids, and that can be dangerous. For example, there's some parents, uh, uh, dads, for example, maybe that... that uh, <laughs> had the fantasy in their younger life of being a superstar athlete. And so then they drive their kids unmercifully to become what they wanted to become. That, that can be dangerous because God uniquely gifts and, and places personalities and abilities and so forth, talents and so forth in our kids. And, and, and sometimes they're different. I remember counseling with a family years ago where the, the dad was just driving this kid unmercifully to be an athlete, and he just wasn't athletically inclined. But he was almost a genius when it came to technology. And I, and I, I said, Dad, why can't you see what God's gifted this kid in? And why don't you, why don't you support that? Why don't you encourage it? Why don't you, won't you help that instead of trying to you know, he, he may never be what you want him to be on the baseball field, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a great success in life and make a great contribution in life. So our parents impact us. Well, I want to tell you, we need to understand about our Heavenly Father because our Heavenly Father has some desires for us. And our Heavenly Father, <laughs> he, well, he created the whole universe, for goodness sake, so he can give us whatever he wants to. And he desires, that's what Jesus said, it's the, it's the, it pleases the heart of the Father when we accept his kingdom. So let me, here's, here's our Father's desire for us. Here's what our Father wants for us. Number one, he wants us to receive the kingdom. He has a kingdom and he wants to give it to us. Now here's what, Jesus, here's what your, your heavenly Father did. Your heavenly Father, because we were in sin because of the fall of man, and Jesus was willing to come to this earth and die for our sins, God said, here's what I'm going to do. Because of what Jesus did, I'm going to give him the whole thing, the kingdom. In fact, the Father said, I'm giving him a name that's above every name. I'm giving him a name that has dominion, kingdom, 
terminology here, has dominion in three worlds. His name, every knee shall bow at his name of things in heaven, uh, of things in earth, and of things under the earth. That's in three dimensions, there are three worlds. The name of Jesus is the greatest. And, and every knee is going to bow to that. In other words, he has dominion in these three worlds. Some translations, instead of saying uh, of things in heaven, it says of, of, uh, of people or persons in heaven. And, and, and uh, persons in earth and persons. On, in other words, his, Jesus has dominion over the angels. Jesus has dominion over the human race. And Jesus has dominion over the devil and all the demonic spirits and all the powers of darkness under this earth. Glory. Now, God the Father said, here it is, Jesus. You're going to be, in fact, he is the king of kings and Lord of lords. Read it in Revelations. But look at this. God said, See, the thing God wants more than anything is a family. That's why he created human beings to start with. He wants a family. And he said, I'm, I'm going to make you who receive and accept what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. I'm going I'm, I'm to give you a born-again experience. In other words, you're going to have a rebirth in your spirit. You're going to come out of darkness into the light. You're going to come out of death into life. And, and I'm going to give to your eternal spirit. And when that happens, I'm going to make you to become an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Do you get the connection here? Jesus has inherited the whole thing because of what he did at Calvary. But God says, I'm going to make you to become an heir of God as well. Just like he did to Jesus, give you dominion in three worlds. He said, and you're going to be a joint heir with Jesus. Glory to God. When we, when we got born again, we became part of the family of God. That means that not only is God our father, but Jesus is our elder brother. And God is giving us the kingdom. Remember Jesus said, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I preached to you last Sunday, the kingdom of God is within you. There it is. That's where it is. Wherever you exercise the dominion, that's where the kingdom is displayed. And so he said, I want you to be a joint heir with Jesus. Glory to God. I used to read that and I thought, well, that means that Jesus has inherited everything and we're going to get a little piece of it when we get to heaven. That's not what it means at all. A joint heir is an equal heir. That means that everything Jesus has dominion over, if Jesus is in me, are you getting it, folks? I'm not speaking to your head this morning. I'm trying to speak to your heart. Because your head won't get this. Your head will, your head will go, blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and your head you will just struggle with it because it's of the earth, earthy. And the, but your spirit man that's alive in the Lord, the Holy Ghost will help you this morning if you'll open your heart and let him. You, once you receive it and realize that as a joint heir with Christ, that means everywhere he has dominion. And if the kingdom of God is within me, then everywhere he has dominion, I also have dominion. Glory to God. Now, I know you, some of your head spinning, you think the preacher's gone off into heresy and he thinks that we're gods. No, we're not gods. We never will be, so don't even try that. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is God. I am not, but he has invited me because that's his good pleasure. He loves me that much, Brother Roger. He loves you that much. Can you imagine when you was riding with the outlaws that your heavenly father was going to bring you into the kingdom of God and said, I, I, I'm just going to bring you up here and give you dominion in three worlds right along with Jesus Christ and let you live in my kingdom forever and ever and help me rule this whole world. Glory to God. That's one of the reasons I know there'll be motorcycles in the millennium.
Well, let me, let, let, let me get, just tell your neighbor, said, God wants you to have the kingdom. Buddy, I, I'm telling you, when, when I really get to chewing on this and digesting this, I realize, Brother Tony, I would rather have this promise right here in the Word this morning than I would for somebody to give me a deed to a brand new house in the finest section of Augusta. Now, I wouldn't be opposed to that if somebody wanted to do that. But I'd rather have this. I'd rather have this than somebody come in here this morning and, and, and sign off and give me a title to a Rolls Royce. I'd rather, I'd rather have this right here. This, this is a whole lot, and this is going to last forever. And God, is, he's offering it. He said, it's, it would please me, God says, it would please me if you would just receive the kingdom of God. Second thing. He wants us to act like we're king's kids. Can you imagine? Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood. Holy Spirit came and convicted us of our sin. We were born again, brought into the kingdom of God, and God looks down and sees his children acting like they can just barely make it, drudging through this old life, just poor and humble, Somebody a long time ago wrote a song, said, just build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. They thought they was being humble. They weren't being humble, they were being ignorant. <laughs> God's not going to mess up heaven building you a little cabin up there somewhere. <laughs> no. But we, the, the, the devil's got us thinking that that's humility and, and that's how he keeps us down and keeps us oppressed and depressed and, and, and suppressed because we don't know who we are. And one of the reasons why we don't know who we are is because we, we have a misconception of our Heavenly Father and who he wants us to be and what he wants us to have. He wants us to act like we somebody. Man, he paid for your salvation with the blood of his son, Jesus. You need to act like you somebody. If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, you've got no reason to ever hang your head. You've got no reason to walk around like you're defeated. You, 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 you're somebody. He wants you to act like that. Let, let me read to you from Romans 5, 17. This is the third Sunday I've read this verse. I'm hoping you're getting this one. There. For if by one man's offense death reigned, through the one that was from Adam, much more, say that again, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The Amplified Version said they shall reign as kings in life. You're... you're, you're our mindset is that we got to just struggle through this life, through the heat and through the toil. And we got to, we're just barely going to make it in. If I can just barely make it in, let me tell you something. Nobody's going to barely make it in. We're going to go triumphantly rejoicing through the gates of pearl. Amen. We think we can just barely, if we can just hold on and barely make it in, then we're going to rule and reign with Jesus. No, it says that we can reign in this life as kings. Here's, here's the third thing God, your heavenly Father, wants to do. He loves you so much, he wants to give you the kingdom. He wants you to act like you're his kid because you are. And then he would like to have a relationship with you just like he had with Abraham. The Bible said that, God called Abraham his friend. He was known as the friend of God. God would like to have that kind of relationship with you and me. Now, there's a lot in the New Testament about Abraham. And that's because Abraham was a man of faith who trusted God. And he had a covenant with God that is an everlasting covenant. Everlasting covenant. Remember that. It, it'll never cease. Everlasting covenant. Let me take you to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. 
having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Here's why. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Praise the Lord. Now, Abraham, that covenant that God made with Abraham and that special blessing that God placed on Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to make you prosperous. I'm going to, I'm going to multiply you. I'm just going to bless your socks off. And I'm not only going to do that, I'm going to bless everybody that blesses you, and I'm going to curse everybody that curses you. That's a powerful, powerful covenant. And that covenant passed on from generation to generation to generation through the bloodline of Abraham. And, and, and well, that's the Jewish bloodline. And, and the Jews today are still receiving blessings from this covenant that God made with them. However, because of the cross, Jesus didn't just die for Jews. Aren't you glad of that? Golden text of the Bible, for God so loved the world that who? Whosoever. That's you. That's me. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When, when, when he died for us and, and we were born again through his blood, by faith in his blood, then the blessings of Abraham came on us through Jesus because we're redeemed by his blood. He, he came in the bloodline of Abraham. And so he brings us into that. So you can go back in the Bible and read all of the blessings of Abraham. I love to read them because I, I can say, praise God, that's not just history. That's now for me. I can claim those blessings. Let me give you some more scripture. Galatians 3, beginning verse 26. For you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How many of you say? You're, you're all right. You're, you're, you're sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, if you're Christ, if you've been born again, if you're Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Glory to God. Those promised blessings are ours today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, folks, if those Jewish people and, and if you go to Jerusalem today, Israel, the land of Israel, you'll discover that there's not many of those Jews over there saved. Did you know that? They're not saved. Most, there's a lot of them that are atheists. Did you know that? They haven't received, they haven't come to the, they still reject Jesus. Now that's going to change in the future because they're going to be a great revival and they're going to be swept back into the kingdom of God. God's going to graft them back in. But uh, they chose to be cut off. They said when they crucified Jesus, let his blood be on us and on our children. And well, that, that was a worst thing they could have possibly wished upon themselves. But God still made that promise to Abraham, and they're being blessed over there today. The Jews are still a blessed people. They're being blessed because of that covenant with Abraham. Now, listen, church. If God is blessing those atheists because they're in the bloodline of Abraham, how much more do you think your heavenly Father wants to bless you who came into the bloodline through Jesus, and we're here worshiping the Lord. You've been in here this morning singing praises to Jesus. You've been worshiping the Lord, lifting your hands and praising the Lord. You're not acting like an atheist because you're not. You believe in your heart. You've received him. You know it's real. You've been touched by his presence and his power. You're filled with his spirit. You're walking in love. and You're doing everything you know to do to be what he wants you to be. He wants to bless you abundantly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly, I'm going to give you four areas that belong to you 
because you're, the kingdom of God is within you. I call it kingdom children's bread. Jesus referred to it. Jesus said in one place, this is the children's bread. In other words, this, this is yours. It belongs to you. We don't act like it, but it does. And all, all we have to do to make it a reality is to take a hold of it by faith. Remember, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But you've got to receive it. You can, walk, you can walk around as a king's kid and act like you're poverty-stricken because you hadn't received it. Well, I'm going to give you four errors. And in each of these, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, the first three anyway, I'm going to give you a story in the Bible, an event that happened where Jesus brings this out, Okay. Stay with me on this. First area is salvation. I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 19 and read the first nine verses. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. So Zacchaeus was rich and short. I love this guy. So he ran ahead and he climbed into a sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Now, this is happening in the ministry of Jesus, but he's got a bunch of religious folks in the crowd. But when they saw it, the religious folks saw it, they all complained. Can you imagine such a thing? They all complained saying, he has gone to be the guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I'll give half of my goods to the poor and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said, listen to this. Jesus said unto him, today salvation is coming to your house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see what Jesus is saying here? He's saying, I don't care how bad this guy's been how sinful he's been. Salvation's come to his house today. He's a son. He has the promise of Abraham. So salvation belongs to him. Do you know why this morning that you and I are saved? Because Jesus gave his life and we repented and accepted that. And we became part of the blessing of Abraham. And so salvation is ours. But now, but now wait a minute. I want you to understand if the kingdom of God is in you, if Jesus is in you, if the blessings of Abraham are yours, if the promise is passed on to you and to me, then salvation is part of our inheritance. It's part of the children's bread. I've got as much to claim it, a right to claim it as Zacchaeus had or anybody else. Now, I've already taken care of me. I'm saved. I got saved on June the 18th, 1957. I can take you to the spot, 25th Street and Bowen Boulevard in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I can take you to the front seat of that little white framed church where I got saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, I had an experience with God that night. I, I, can, I can show you. So I'm taken care of. But I got children. I got descendants. I got grandchildren. I've got great-grandchildren. And part of my inheritance, part of the children's bread is salvation. And so, the Bowen descendants are saved. You say, preachers, all your family living right? 
as far as I know right now, some of my family's not living right. But you're asking me about what I see. I'm not moved by what I see. I walk by faith, not by sight. My inheritance. They, they, they might as well get up and get with it because I don't care how they're acting this morning. They're saved in Jesus' name. My, my family saved. I, I already claimed it. I've already been to the courtroom of heaven, and I've already declared my dominion over my descendants. Praise God. Devil had my family long enough back that way. You go back past my dad, and boy, there's some skeletons in that closet. In fact, they had to build bigger closets to get some of them skeletons. It was bad back there. And you don't have to go very far back. I've told you, my dad spent time in Atlanta Penitentiary. Yeah, he, he was bad. In fact, he told me, he said, you know, it's the strangest thing I ever said. He said, I got in Atlanta Penitentiary and said, I got to asking around. And he said, you know, I found out I was the only person in there that was guilty. <laughs> he said, everybody I talked to been framed. He said, I wasn't framed. I did what they accused me of doing. <laughs> But when he got born again, a stake was driven in the, line, in the ground. That generational stuff stopped right there. Now, now, now I, I got some descendants that's trying to act up a little bit on me right now. But, but they might as well get with it. They might as well straighten up because I'm claiming, glory to God. I, I, I just praise God that they're saved. I thank God. I th Salvation belongs to me. I'm part of the kingdom. I have dominion in three worlds, and glory to God, I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that the descendants of the Bowen family line is going to be in that great crowd of glory one of these days. You can claim your family. Stop speaking that bad stuff about your kids. Stop whining and moaning and telling everybody, oh, pray for me, my, my, my child is doing this. No, shut that up. Stop saying that. Say, praise God, I'm a child of the king. My children belong to the Lord. They're a heritage of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. That's what the word says. Glory to God. Claim it. It's part of the children's bread. Claim the salvation of your kids. Get them on in here. Praise God. Get them on in here for the glory of God. Second thing, healing belongs to us. It's part of the children's bread. Glory to God. Let me read you a passage from Luke chapter 13, beginning verse 10. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But here we go again. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The ruler of the synagogue was mad because this girl got healed on the Sabbath day. Boy, some people strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, don't they? That's what Jesus said. Yeah. They're angry because, you know, let me tell you something, Jesus is Lord over every day. Amen. He's Lord over the Sabbath, and he's Lord over just as much over the Sabbath as he is on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He's Lord. So the Lord answered, Jesus didn't pull any punches, you know, make a statement like that. Jesus turned around to the ruler of the synagogue, and he said, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water it? Look at this. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath? 
And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done to her. Glory to God. Healing is the children's bread. Jesus, look, look what he said. Here's a woman. She's, she's been like this for 18 years. Can you imagine? 18 years she's been like this. And some religious nut is going to get mad because she gets healed because it wasn't on the day he wanted her to get healed. That's ridiculous. Jesus healed her. And then he said, shouldn't this woman be loosed? Shouldn't she be healed? <laughs> Glory to God. Because she's a daughter of Abraham. The blessings, it's the children's bread. It's the children's bread. I, I, I hope you'll not misunderstand me here and cast me off as, as out in left field somewhere. But when I read through the New Testament, I don't, I don't see the apostles and the followers of Jesus doing a lot of praying for healing. And they had great healings, by the way. In fact, the apostle Peter had so much anointing on him that sick people would come running out in the street just so his shadow would pass over them and they'd get healed. They'd take handkerchiefs from these guys and take it home to sick folks and lay it on them. They'd be healed. But, but I, don't, I don't hear them praying a lot asking for healing now it's okay to pray and ask for healing don't get me wrong it's okay to ask for what you want as long as you ask in faith that's that's why i'm starting in march just gonna key in on this thing of faith and go till we get it james says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss in other words, some people pray things that are not in the will of God. But then when you do pray for things in the will of God, and by the way, healing is the will of God. It's the children's bread. He said, you ask and you don't have because you don't ask in faith. If you don't ask in faith, he, say, he said, you're wavering. And he said, that's just like the waves of the sea. They're just in and out, tossed and to and fro, here and, here and there. And here, here they go. But he said, he said, in fact, don't let that man think that he'll get anything from the Lord. If you're not asking in faith. So you got to ask in faith. So it's okay to ask, but if you do, ask in faith. But what the disciples and the apostles did... They, they just, you remember when uh, uh, Paul and, and uh, Peter and, and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer? Remember that? They started in the temple at the hour of prayer, and there was a lame man there shaking his cup, wanting them to give him some money. And Simon Peter looked down at him and said, Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, give by thee in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. That's the way they prayed for sick people. They didn't say, oh, God, please heal. Let me tell you why they didn't do that. Because healing was bought and paid for 2,000 years ago when Jesus gave his back to that cat of nine tails that beat him with 39 stripes. Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed healing was bought and paid for back there yes it is part of the atonement and it belongs to us you don't have to beg for it you don't have to plead for it you don't have to you have to exercise your faith and accept it and receive it and declare it Glory to God. Jesus said, this woman's a daughter of Abraham. Praise God, the blessing is her. This is the children's bread. Woman, be healed. She was healed. Praise the Lord. Here, here's what you need to do to your sickness when it comes along. First of all, you need to resist it. 
Resist it. Somebody told me just this week, boy, this flu's raging. I guess I'll get it. I always get the flu. They, they probably will because that's their confession. They're already confessing that they got the flu. What in the name of sense do you want with the flu? Resist it. Rebuke it. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. We need to stop this stuff from invading this temple. We just need to get this temple so full of the Holy Ghost and so full of the praise of God <laughs> till sickness and disease just won't have a place to get in. We need, we need to take authority. We need to exercise dominion. Praise God. We need to say, I told, I told somebody this week, I said, speak to your body and tell your body Body, it, I'm talking about from your spirit. Let you if you're just speaking out of your out of your mouth or out of your mind, it's not going to work. If you're just saying it to be saying, but when it comes from your spirit, your spirit man's been born again. Your spirit man is a child of the King. Your spirit man has dominion. Your spirit man, the kingdom of God is there. Jesus is in you. Speak to your body and command your body to line up with the Word of God. I said that and they said, I did that, but my body talks back. <laughs> well, let me tell you what you do when your body talks back. You do what Jesus did when something talks back to you. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness after he'd fasted for 40 days and the devil came to him. Jesus tell him something, the devil would argue with him. You know what Jesus do? He'd just quote the word. Just quote the word. Just, just give your body the word. You tell, you tell those aches and pains, they got to go. They, 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 they don't belong there. They're an, they're an intrusion into the temple of God. Tell them to get out in the name of Jesus. And when they argued back, pain said, don't you feel me hurting here? I got you. That, no, no. Quote the word of God. Quote it. Quote it. Quote it. Quote it. Tell them you're wounded for uh, my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, chastised when my peace was upon by his stripes. I'm healed. Tell them what the apostle Peter said, by his stripes, you were healed. I was healed 2000 years ago. Praise God. Let me tell you something. I believe in healing this morning and I don't believe we preach it enough. I don't believe we talk about it enough. I believe we're afraid to talk about it. I, I know somebody sitting there, he said, preacher, you up there preaching on healing. You got people right here in your church this morning that are sick. I, that's, I understand that. But because somebody's sick is not going to cause me to veer away from the Word of God. I'm, I'm just going to preach it till you get well. Glory to God. I, I'm going to preach it until it's manifest. And we're going to have a manifestation of the Spirit of God, the healers in the house. Hallelujah. The Word of God's true. There's going to be some people that gets it in their spirit. They're going to go for it. Get your healing scriptures and memorize them or put them on a card where you can read them. And when the devil tries to argue with you about your body, read the Word of God. Just give him the Word of God. Give him the Word of God until it changes. I heard about one fellow that had a major illness in his body. And he got healed. He said it happened on the 1790th time that he quoted a certain scripture. And somebody said, why in the name of sense did you quote a scripture 1790 times? He said, cause 1789 wasn't enough. <laughs> Amen. What I'm telling you is he quoted the word until it got past here and it got into his spirit. Once your spirit gets a hold of it, when your spirit man gets a hold of it, that's where the dominion comes in. If your spirit man ever gets a hold of this, my goodness, look out, devil. You're going to have to run. You're going to have to run. You're going to have to run. Because when your spirit man gets a hold of this and you realize who you are and your heavenly father be so pleased, I can see him in heaven saying, go, oh, go for it, kid. Go for it, kid. Go for it, kid. That's why Jesus died. Go for it, kid. Run the devil out of town. Get him out of your house. Get him out of your family. Get him off of your body. Get him off of your finances. Glory to God. <laughs> Healing belongs to you.
Turn to, turn to your neighbor and say, healing's ours. I got to hurry. My goodness alive. Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. Matthew 15. I want you to see this. This is a good one right here. Beginning verse 21. Then Jesus went out of there and departed from the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came to him and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not good for me to take the children's bread. Remember, we're talking about children's bread. Take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Now, once you get this picture, there's a woman in the crowd. Jesus is ministering. Remember, Jesus is still under the old covenant. When he came as the God-man, he came into the earth. We were still, the family of God was still under the old covenant. And he came to his own first. He came to the Jews first. They rejected him. That's one of the reasons that it opened up to us Gentiles. But the new covenant, the covenant of grace, didn't start until Jesus was crucified. So he's ministering to the Jews. But here's a woman that is not a Jew that shows up in his crowd. And she's, look at her, she's crying and praying. Boy, I mean, she's going for it. She's saying, oh, Lord, help me, help me, help me. My daughter, oh, Lord, I got a daughter that's home. She's demon-possessed. We've tried everything. We don't know what to do. Oh, Lord, please help me, please help me. And Jesus didn't answer her word. That used to really bother me because it seemed so out of character for Jesus. But I've learned something through the years crying and wailing and moaning and groaning doesn't necessarily get the attention of Jesus. I'll tell you what will always get a response from him. Two things, two things. You ready for this? Two things, faith and worship. Either one of those or both of those will always get his attention. He, he's not always moved by your crying and Man, I've cried and prayed and snotted and carried on and yelled and screamed until I, I get hoarse trying to pray my way through things. And I found out all I was doing is an exercise in futility. Again, I'm not against praying. I believe in praying. But Jesus taught us how to pray. And we need to use his example and pray like he taught us to pray. Now look at this woman. She came and she's doing all this and Jesus ignores her. He won't even speak to her. Won't give her, won't give her the time of day. And so she leaves off Jesus and starts in on the disciples. And the disciples come to Jesus and said, for goodness sakes, do something with this woman. She's worrying us now. And Jesus said, you understand what's going on here. He said, I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, that dispensation has not started yet. It's not going to start till Calvary. She's in another dispensation. And she don't have any rights in that dispensation. She's not a daughter of Abraham. And so the disciples said, you're going to have to be quiet. Jesus is trying to minister and you're disturbing the service. And so she went over and sat down. And she watched. And she observed here comes a man with leprosy and he worships Jesus and he goes away well. Here comes a blind man and he worships Jesus and he receives his sight. Here comes a deaf man and he worships Jesus and he goes away hearing. Miracle after miracle after miracle until finally the little light went on in her head and she got it. Because the Bible said, then she came and worshiped him. And when she worshiped him, he answered her. Now, she didn't like his answer. In fact, if he would have told most of us what he told her, 
we would have grabbed our belongings and we'd have walked out and said, well, if that's the way you talk to people, I don't want nothing to do with your ministry. I won't be back to hear you anymore. You understand what he said? He said, woman, you're asking for something that, that's not even, you're, you're way ahead of your time. It's not even your dispensation. That does not belong to you. What you're asking for belongs to the seed of Abraham. But she worshiped him. He said, what do you want me to do? Take the children's bread. Remember, this is the children's bread. And give it to the little dogs. That, that's where we would have got mad and left. She said, but Lord, don't the little dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table? I want to show you what that woman did. Church, that woman used her faith to reach clean into the next dispensation. She reached past the cross before it happened with her faith and took hold of some of the children's bread. She said, all I need is a crumb. Well, that's faith, isn't it? All I, all I need is a crumb. He said, she said, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying. I, I realize that that's, I'm, I'm asking for something that's children's bread. I know it's not mine, but I want a crumb. I got a demon-possessed daughter at home that I can't do anything with. I want, I want a crumb. And Jesus said, great is your faith, woman. My goodness, go on home. And her daughter was delivered, set free. Here's what that tells me. Deliverance is the children's bread. Some of you've got relatives. It may be a husband. It may be a wife. It may be a son. It may be a daughter. It may be a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a relative, a friend, a neighbor, somebody. You, you got somebody close to you today that's, 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 that's in bondage. Do you realize that through the powerful name of Jesus, the powerful, mighty, strong name of Jesus, we have dominion. Deliverance is part of the children's bread. Glory to God. If your kid's addicted, praise God, exercise your authority. That addiction's got to go. It's, it's, it's got to go. It's got to go. Don't belong in the kingdom of God. It's got to go. It's got to go. Alcoholism, got to go. Drug addiction, got to go. Pornography, got to go. Illicit sex got to go, whatever it is, thieving, stealing, whatever it is, it's, it's got to go. Whatever you're addicted to this morning, it, it's, it, we, it's our bread. We, we can have it. We can, we can be set free. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. Mm. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. I'm not shouting because you're shouting because you're not shouting, but I'm shouting over what you're going to be shouting over after a while because we're going to be shouting. When we get a hold of this thing, when we get it in our spirit, when it starts living, that we're going to walk in here one Sunday morning and right in the middle of service, somebody's going to leap to their feet right out of a wheelchair and say, praise God, healing is mine. Healing is mine. Healing is mine. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, I, I got to close. I'm past my time. I got to close. One more. I, I'll just give you a scripture on this. This is the last one. Prosperity. I know you said, there you go, preach you off on now. Prosperity doctrine. I know prosperity has been abused, but I'm not going to throw it in the, aside just because it's been abused. Healing's been abused too. But I wouldn't be standing here this morning if it wasn't for the healing power of God. I'm not going to throw it away just because somebody abuses it or misuses it. Or, I'll just give you a scripture. Third John 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's, John wrote that to believers. He, brought it, he wrote that to kingdom kids. He wrote that to us. We're in the family of God. That, that wasn't written to people that are outside it, it's to us he said i want you to prosper and be blessed boy god let old abraham prosper didn't he he let isaac prosper didn't he let jacob prosper didn't he 
And prosperity is not just money. It includes money, but it, it's, it's in every area of your life. Amen. We're supposed to be prosperous people. In fact, here's what God, here's what your heavenly father would really like for you to do. Your heavenly father would love for you to get a hold of this message and, and take it by faith and reach the point to where when you walk around in this world, people be looking at you and say, boy, I, I sure would like to have whatever they got. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but when they get sick, they get healed. I don't know what it is, but everybody in their family is delivered. I don't know what it is, but their whole family is going to church now. They're all saved. Praise God. I, I don't know what it is, but they've been able to get out of debt in record time. Nobody, I don't know what it is, but three people were passed over with more uh, uh, education for that job than they got, and they got the promotion. I don't know what it is. It looks like everywhere they turn, they prosper. Glory to God. Amen. That's, that's what you're having. Because we're supposed to make the world jealous. They're supposed, if we walk around defeated and oppressed and depressed and down and sick and all that, why would the world want what we got? Go on out there and have a little bit of fun. No, we ought to be the happiest, most prosperous, blessed, filled, <laughs> well, whole, happy, delivered, free, free. Stand to your feet and shout, shout free, free. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> I preached too long in the early service, and I told him I'd do better in the 11 o'clock service, and I'll declare if I hadn't run over again. Folks, this, we're, we're going to get it. We're, we're going to get it. It's going to get in our spirit. It's going to get in our spirit after a while. Family members are going to start running in here wondering what happened, what they, they just couldn't get away from. It. They just had to come and get right with God. Amen. My, my, my precious grandmother knew how to exercise dominion, and she did this on her knees. She declared to God that her kids would be saved. That she just declared they, they're saved, and they were heathens. I told you about my dad, what kind of mess he was in. My, my uncle, uh, he, he was in just as bad a mess, and, and my, my grandmother just took dominion over that. And my uncle was sitting on a bar stool drinking liquor. When the Holy Spirit hit him with such conviction that he couldn't get away from it. And he ran out of that bar to find a place where he could get right with God. And he's the uncle that was preaching the night I got saved. God'll do it, folks. God'll do it. But you gotta recognize who you are. You 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 you've got to identify with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And your heavenly father, it's his good pleasure to just give you the kingdom. And he wants you to act just like your elder brother, Jesus. He wants us to just start looking at him so much and loving him so much that we just get to acting like him. To where Jesus, the Bible said everywhere he went, he just did good. He just did good everywhere. He just did good everywhere. And that's what we ought to be. We ought to be so blessed that people say, boy, I just, I'd like to get close to those folks because everything they do is good. And we're blessed by it. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> if you're unsaved this morning, you can just, right where you are, you can just lift up your head to the Lord and say, Lord, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to lay up my treasure in heaven. I don't want to live in this earth defeated and then die and go to hell after this. I want to, I want to get right with God. You can get saved right where you're standing. There's some others of you this morning. Well, I don't know what your problem is. I'm not going to try to identify all, the, all of the problems that might be in this room today. But it doesn't take long to exercise your faith. And I want us, as we finish up here, I want us to just lift our hands if you've got a need. And I want you to just declare what the Word says. 
Paul said in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I want you to declare right out of your mouth this morning, let your ears hear it, let your mind receive it, and let it get into your spirit. My needs are met, my needs are met, my needs are met in the name of Jesus. God is my father. Jesus is my elder brother. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. The kingdom of God is in me. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and start telling the Lord some of those things right where you are. Glory to God. Lord, hallelujah. 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 I receive my kingdom this morning in the Lord. I receive the kingdom of God into my life this morning. I receive victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil this morning. Change, you're going to have to fall off of me because deliverance is mine. Sickness, you're going to have to let go because healing is mine. Family, you might as well come on in because you've got to be saved. Salvation is mine. It's the children's bread. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise him for a few minutes for what you have in the Lord today. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.